0: And kind of cool to talk baseball in these baseball segments, huh?
1: Yeah, we've been talking about who's going to close for the Cardinals. We've been we've been talking about what they can do uh, to to fill out their rotation. If Carlos Martinez is the closer, it is fun to talk about stuff that's actually happening on the field.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like it's taken me a few days to adjust. I don't know about you guys, but I'm happy to be doing it. I just hope it all works.
2: Uh, So do we, Jason. Yeah, you're right. We went from talking about uh, the Players Association and the owners squabbling about money to... Missing tests or tests being delayed. So it's nice to actually talk about actual things that matter for baseball. So let's keep it there. Let's keep it in a positive space just for a second. Well, let's, and let's localize it. When you look at the National League Central, when you look at the, the, you know, the Cardinals and the teams that they're facing here, what teams do you think are constructed in a way that would lead them to succeed in the 60 game format?
0: You know, Michelle, I think it's never been harder to handicap. Um, Like we just don't know what's around the corner. I know, <laughs> I know. We try to just talk baseball, but y- you just don't know who's going to test positive, who's not, whose teams are really going to be impacted, and who's not. Just, just think about the impact of one major injury, even if it's for it's even if it's just for a couple of weeks, right? A, you know, guys out for fifteen games—that's a quarter of a sixty-game season. And so, you know, I, did, I think depth is going to be huge. I think pitching depth is going to be huge. Uh, having, having players in that 60-player pool you can plug in, it's going to be huge. Everything is going to matter because the NL Central is going to be so tight.
1: And when you look at the teams, Jason, that are dealing already with people that have opted out, David Price, that's a big hit. I know the Dodgers have a lot of starting pitching depth, but he's pretty good. He's a former Cy Young Award winner. When you look at Nick Marcakis for the Braves, teams that we expect to be in the playoffs are already taking those hits that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I, I don't think we've seen the last player opt out. I, I don't. I, there are a lot of players... Who are thinking about it? Still, kind of waiting to get some questions resolved. See how this plays out as they get closer. Um, You're exactly right. Like if you take David Price, um, that was a guy the Dodgers had big hopes for. Uh, Joe Ross was a guy who was throwing tremendous in spring training, and he's gotten almost no publicity about Joe Ross opting out. But that's a that's a very difficult loss for the Nationals and. Let's see how this goes over the next couple of weeks. Like, suppose Mike Trout opts out. Uh, what's a bigger team-changing decision than that?
2: Jason, do you think Mike Trout opting out, though, might— turn the tide with other players in baseball because i don't know if he really holds that power randy and i were talking about other sports earlier and if lebron opts out in the nba i think a lot of players are changing their mind if tom brady or patrick mahomes opts out in the nfl i think a lot of players are changing their minds and i don't know if mike trout or any other player in baseball really holds that much star power to where if guys were potentially on the fence one way or another would say hey if this guy's not doing it then i'm not either what do you think
0: yeah, that's a really fascinating question, Michelle. There's no equivalent to LeBron in baseball. Not just the, the nature's the nature of the two sports is just so different. But I do think Mike Trout, because of the stature he holds in the game, uh, the way other players look at him and respect him, the fact that he clearly loves to play, that he's so even keel. Uh, if he were to say I don't know that this is safe. I do think it would have an impact. We have to recognize that young players can't afford to opt out. They need to play. They need the money. Uh, But there are a lot of players in the game who have made their money and are financially secure and very well could be looking for guidance from people like that. So I, I don't think it's LeBron, but I do think he carries major weight.
1: Jason Stark of The Athletic with us on um, 101 ESPN. And, Jason, you do such a great job of putting things in baseball in perspective. So I know there's a lot of people that want to put an asterisk next to the season. Put the 60-game season into perspective for us.
0: Uh, I just I think it's going to it's gonna be the season of weirdness. <laughs> I think you could say just about any aberrational thing you could think of. You know, I just been contemplating what, like, what would be the chances that the Tigers could win a World Series? You'd say that's nuts, but think about it. The Rockies last year had a thirty-seven and twenty-three stretch, and all their other games the rest of the year they played like a hundred and eight-loss team. Um, so, sixty games is not a representative portion of a normal baseball season. But of the thousand words you would pick to try to describe this season, normal is not on the list. So (laughs) just pick some crazy scenario. You can't rule it out in a
1: season like this. And I look at my, my magic number, Jason, is a seven-game winning streak because it's going to be hard to be really bad if you're good enough to win seven in a row. But if you can get to a point where you win seven in a row and you're going to have a 37-23 and 23 team if you play the, f- the 500 ball the rest of the way, I'm going to take my chances with 37 wins this year.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, if you look at the Fangrass projections right now for this season, they don't project any team to win 37 games. Not the Dodgers, not the Yankees, not any team. Um, so one hot streak changes everything in a season like this. And on the other hand, one losing streak changes everything. Mm-hmm. I wrote a piece a week or so ago just to look at the strangers of the season. And it's funny that you picked seven games, Randy, because I looked at seven game losing streaks. That happens in baseball all the time. That's a bad week. Nineteen teams had a seven-game losing streak last year, but mathematically, in a sixty-game season, that's the equivalent of a nineteen-game losing streak. Wow! Um, you you can't recover from that. One bad week could make your whole season an impossible climb, and that, like, we've never seen that in baseball. It, it's you know it's one of the fun things about a sixty-game season, but there's a lot of pressure and a lot of urgency connected to every game and every week on the schedule that you don't ordinarily have.
2: And, Jason, it seems to me like that makes managers more of an X factor than ever.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Um, You know, you're going to see games managed, Michelle, in a way that we're not used to because when when you're managing your way through the marathon, it's so easy to say, I just can't burn this pitcher. I'm prepared to lose tonight so I can win tomorrow and the day after that. You don't have that margin for error in a season like this. I really foresee a lot of games where the Cardinals get the lead and take a lead into the fifth inning, and Mike Schilt starts hauling out every one of his best relievers to try to close that game out because the meaning of it is so different. I mean, if every win is worth almost three times a normal win, you can't afford to let those games get away. So the way managers approach the urgency of this season and every night at the ballpark, I think it's a difference maker.
1: Jason, I know when we talked to John Mozalek about the trade deadline, he says, I really haven't had time to think about the early trade deadline yet. But that's another interesting aspect to this season, as far as I'm concerned, is here we are on August 31st, and because it's halfway through the season, and we talked about the seven-game streak, there will be a lot of teams that know they're out of it or a lot of teams that know that they have a great chance by the time we get to August 31st. I
0: don't know. Are we sure about that? You know, Again, looking at those fangrass projections, Mm they have 19 teams projected to win between 30 and 33 games. Wow. This year. I think we can easily get to the deadline and almost nobody is going to feel like they're out of it. I do think there'll be some teams motivated to move money. Who's taking money? Right. It <laughs> seems like this, you know, I've, I've been told the teams have borrowed $2.4 billion just to operate. And we, you know, I know we spent a lot of time debating, whether or not teams really lose money because it's so much is dependent on the money they would get back when they sell but there's no doubt that paying off those debts is a real thing so are teams going to take on those those potential salary dumps i don't know how to handicap anything. And, and maybe really jason
1: don't. maybe this will precipitate actual baseball trades
0: that would be the the only refreshing part of this (laughs) you know uh, we, we don't know we don't see a lot of real baseball trades at the deadline um you know it's mostly i'll move my veteran for your young guys but if you know if we got to the deadline and we saw a bunch of trades involving major league players uh i'll move my shortstop for your left fielder That'd be cool. I'd love to see
1: that change. <laughs> hey, what, one other note, because we talked a lot since last season about Nolan Arenado, and it's pretty clear that the Cardinals have some level of interest in the guy. And that uh, would be, the Cardinals are, are going to have money. They, they make money and they're confident that they're going to get fans back. Is that a move that you could foresee? That Well, let me put it this way. Would you be surprised if we would get to August 31st and the Cardinals would make a move by giving up some mid-level prospects for Nolan Arenado?
0: I, again, Randy, really hard to handicap. Um, you know, I, I don't think the Rockies are going to be terrible. If they're not terrible, you can't unload Nolan Arenado in midseason. It's also uh, it's an incredibly rich contract, mm-hmm. right? It's one of the biggest contracts in baseball. And I I just don't know where the Cardinals are, where any team really is in terms of taking on that much money. Also recognize he's a guy who could opt out. I, I would doubt he'd opt out if he went to the Cardinals. But you'd have, would, you, would you be able to get assurances of that before you made that trade? There's just so much that goes into trading for a player like this in the middle of a season, especially if the trade deadline comes up a month after opening day.
1: Right, it's, it's going to be crazy. Hey, we appreciate your time, Jason. Whoever thought, would have thought that we'd be covering summer camp? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're not calling it spring training anymore. We're yeah. not one day of it in the spring.